Hey there. How you doing? On our play for this week. Are Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, and Tekken 8, King of the Iron Fist, I think it's just Tekken 8, are they Game of the Year contenders? We're going to talk about it. Does this rumor confirm when we will see Nintendo Switch 2? Does the Death Stranding 2 leak details confirm when we'll see a state of play? There's a lot of rumors that can confirm stuff that's happening for this year. It's interesting. Uh, and then 8 million people are playing Power World. Not concurrently, but they have hit a crazy milestone with this out-of-nowhere success. We're going to talk about that, dude. It's just crazy. All this and more on Season 8, Episode 4 of Press Exostar Gamers, I guess. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. I am the king. I'm not even the king of it. I, I, we're going to talk about Tekken because I've had an old moment, and it's kind of alarming. Who, who am I joined by? I am Sean M.F. Ross. Ooh, what does the M.F. stand for? Uh, Father Squared? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, it is Sean who has come back from lack of sleep to be here for us. We appreciate it. I'm getting up every 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, no. Every 30 minutes. Uh, if you don't know, um, Sean has um, welcomed another bundle of joy to his family. And now um, him and his wife are taking care of not one, but two baby girls. But one's a toddler. Oh, one's like a, a baby baby. But yeah, that's awesome. We're happy for you. We're happy for you. All right. Now let's talk about hopefully also happy news, but eh, whatever. This is Press Head Star Gamers Digest, a video podcasting that's the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour-long meal just for you. I'm not even gonna say that we are live on YouTube part because it's just we're gonna get that. Hey, if you catch us, you catch us when you catch us. We're like, exactly. we're like, we're like pals. You just gotta catch exactly. us. Exactly. Yeah. See. We're like a limited drop, you know. You, you might you might catch us when you do, and you do. We're awesome. We should start selling yeah. press extra star bricks like Supreme did. <laughs> I like that idea. Don't forget, you can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, and the notification bell. If you are listening, we greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, <clears throat> or the podcast services you are currently tuned in on. If you want, you can join our conversation by joining our Discord at pressxmtwistart.com slash Discord. All right. With that being said, let us jump into the news. Number one, Tekken 8 and Like a Dragon released last week, and they both hit crazy, crazy numbers. Um, so they're open critics for. They both are sitting at a 90. Uh, this is... It's expected for, I guess, on the Tekken side, for the amount of hype that um, the dev studio has been doing literally all last year. Like, yeah. they were very they were very positive on this product, and it came out, and it was, like, a very, very strong fighting game. And then on the flip side of Like a Dragon, they were also priming this to be their, quote-unquote, like, Persona 5 moment. And it really hit as their Persona 5 moment. There is a uh, quick 
little aside that I want to pull into this from Noisy Pixel by way of who wrote this article. While you're pulling that up, they both got a 90 on Open Critic and on Metacritic. Uh, Lego Dragon has 89, Tekken has 90. So, okay, these are strong, strong I, games this time I, around. I don't like. I don't like Metacritic anymore because they don't weigh their stuff differently. Open Critic is fair for all. I hear you. I'm just saying. I know. I know. <laughs> they got <laughs> both playing. both roughly the same on each, so you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this article from Noisy Pixel is by Ophris jo- Joshua. Orifice. Orifice. Or the Orifice. I don't know. I'm fucking with you. Um, oh. <laughs> I look at the the, the O R P H as like Oprah. Or it's Orpheus. It's like Morpheus. Is it Orpheus? Okay. All right, well, I can't read. Um, <laughs> 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 All right. So, like a jagged infant, Wells has had had highest physical pre-orders in franchise history. This is pulled from a interview from a Japanese outlet for Gamer. And uh, they were interviewing the RGG studio devs. So yeah, like the the Like a Dragon is also doing numbers, and it is awesome to see that these two games come came out at the start of the year. And it's just between these two games and Prince of Persia, and even uh, Power World. It's like I I felt that I felt I thought that. 2024 was going to be the something of the refractory period for the games industry just because 2023 had like so many bangers throughout the year and it's just like not there there's still there's still a bunch of games that need to come out and then maybe we'll hit that a bunch of stuff to be announced because we only have solid dates and announcements for like the first quarter and maybe half of the second quarter year so what's that up until like March, April, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So we have a lot to see still towards the end of the year. That that's very true as well. Yeah. So yeah, like it's just crazy to see that these two are doing so well. Um, we're gonna talk more in depth about Tekken Eight and like a dragon because I've been playing Tekken Eight and Sean's been playing like a dragon. So we'll get that. We'll get to that later on in the what we've been playing section. I just want to say with this story, this is kind of a. It's a great feat for them, but at the same time, it Yakuza was never huge in the U.S. until it dropped on like Game Pass and a PlayStation Plus, and it didn't really have a real turning point for like mass consumption. I think until uh the first Like a Dragon Seven, so. Had highest physical pre-orders in franchise history. What does that even mean? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, like it, it's not like it was a Call of Duty coming out every year and they top ten million pre-orders. This could be like this could be like half a million pre-orders and that's mm. still the highest in franchise history. That's a good point. That is a very good point because, like, especially with with height, with what you're saying, it's like these games or the series became popularized when it was put on the the game yeah. services like PS yeah, Plus and, Xbox and Game Pass. I'm not saying it didn't have its fans before, but it hit critical mass once all the games were put on Game Pass and PlayStation exactly. Plus. And then because zero through six were all in Japanese, they were all subtitled. Mm-hmm. Seven was the first one I want to say to be 
in the English spoken language. So whatever. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, and then okay. So number two, quick little switch because I uh, didn't order this. Did you say more? Oh, 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 you know what? Dang, that was a good one. I don't. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. All right. More Death Stranding 2 details reportedly being revealed in the next 15 days. This comes from Eurogamer.net by way of Matt Wales. Uh, I, there's not much other than the title here. It's, it's just, uh, okay. But according to ultra reliable leaker Bill Bilkoon, who writing on Deal, Deal Labs, okay, claims Death Stranding 2 will get a fresh showing in the next 15 days, possibly during an upcoming PlayStation State of Play event, as referenced by the leaker, uh, by the ever-leaker Jeff Grove earlier this year. That's pretty much, oh, and then on top of that, um, there's going to be a iOS or mobile release of Death Stranding coming. The original. The original, the first yeah. One, yeah. Yeah. Um, the title of this one is going to be called Death Stranding 2 on the Beach, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which sounds very 80s-like, but um, <laughs> if anybody actually played the game, you know, the quote-unquote beach was a metaphorical, metaphysical place mm-hmm. in the game, so it makes sense. It just sounds really cheesy. But we'll see what uh, Hideo Kojima throws at us. I didn't go live. That's fine. Did you at least record video? Yeah, the video is being recorded. That's fine. You know what? Yeah, you're right. That's fine. Yeah, that's Let's fine. Hold up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You got it. All right. Um, <clears throat> number three. Actually, about the Death thing. Um, so as the, as in the article says, Jeff Grubb says that we're supposed to see a state of play the first week of February. And yeah, and I, I if, if this um, Death Stranding 2 stuff is accurate, then that actually, okay, the second week of February, because there's only two days in that week, that first week of February. <clears throat> so it's the week of the fifth, essentially. Um, it's looking more and more likely that we will see that. It is interesting because I think there's supposed to be a Nintendo Direct that same week. That has happened before in the past where they both dropped a direct style yeah. thing. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Okay. Number three. Speaking of Nintendo, Nintendo Switch 2 reportedly has a eight inch LCD screen. This comes from IGN hmm. by way of. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why am I so far? Wesley Inpool. Quick question, Sean. The PlayStation Portal, is that 8-inch or 10-inch? Sir, you never ask a man. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, oh, my apologies. <laughs> uh, let me see. No, no, no. Uh, I think that's 8-inch. So, yeah, it's 8-inch. It? So, wow. Okay. That'll be very nice for a Switch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. You, so You felt it. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You've held, you've held mine. <laughs> <laughs> it was in public too. <laughs> it that was amongst cool. our wives. <laughs> um, so yeah, like yeah, 
that the, the the PlayStation Portal screen is a big screen, and mm-hmm. for the Switch, to, I guess Switch Two to get this cool this big screen is also cool. The down the downside is that it's an LCD screen, not OLED screen. Oh, uh, that's not really a downside. Yes, OLED is superior, but I mean, if they're already saying the price is going to cost four hundred, what would an OLED screen? you know, bump that price up to. Yeah. I it's it's I don't okay. know. No, I totally I, I'm I'm just saying, like it's not necessary. I don't remember people complaining about the portal screen or the original switch screen when it first came out like ah man this would be great if it was OLED like it came later and it was fine but yeah. Yeah it's, no. it's fine. I totally agree with you. I think, I think the reason why people are flustered about this about this news <laughs> is because we have the OLED Switch model, and it's like mm-hmm. I look at that as like the Switch Pro, and I think they're probably going to do a Switch Two Pro down the line. But the idea is to get this in as many consumers' hands as possible. So. Yeah. They're doing everything. And it's like, this is a typical Switch. There's a typical Nintendo play where they try to use the, I guess, basic uh, parts yeah. as much as they can to drop the price down as much as they can because they know lower price means higher sales. I mean, this is, this is a Switch 2 at $400. If it had an OLED screen, what would that push that up to? You're bumping into Xbox Series X and PS5 territory. Hell, the exactly. PS... Five is now what four fifty? Yeah, like they got to pick and choose their battles to stay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like the PlayStation Portal was two hundred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was two hundred dollars, and that's an OLED screen, right? No, it's an LCD. It's an LCD screen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like. And all that thing does is just stream. So, yeah. So this this makes sense. This this is in line with like what we have in terms of handhelds. I mean, yeah, you can point to like the Steam Deck and Raj Ally and like those other things. But I think again, this is Nintendo, and they always make sure they are they're always price conscious. And I think four hundred dollars for whatever Switch Two. Oh, four hundred dollars is a rumor. Um, I. That kind of works. That I don't see it going past that. I don't see it going past that. Yeah, no, me neither. <clears throat> All right. Um, yeah, so we'll see. And then there is there was also rumors that um the Switch 2 was gonna release in like the fall, like September, although those rumors turned out to be um just pulled out of thin air for marketing for this that one company. So we don't know if that's mm-hmm. gonna be the case. It's possible that we might see it during like late summer, early summer. I think the Switch, actually, I think the Switch launched in March or something. But yeah, it, we might see it earlier. We don't know. We we have to wait I'm, until I'm, Nintendo. I'm, so I'm I'm looking at a survey, a poll on the IGN page, and people, you know, they're asking people LCD or OLED screen, and a lot of people, thirty six percent of people are saying LCD is fine, especially if it keeps the price down. Sixty four percent are saying OLED is the way forward but they have to remember that for the same reason that nintendo doesn't 
want Smash Brothers to be a competitive game. They released an underpowered Wii. They released an underpowered Switch. They're not looking for cutting edge technology. Exactly. They're they're the they're the Toyota of the video game world. They're they're <laughs> releasing tried and true stuff that's reliable and indestructible. They're not releasing old. I mean, sure, if adults play it, fine. But mm-hmm. it's really they want adults buying it for their kids. They're still a kid friendly company. Like exactly. OLED may come further down the road, and if people want to buy it, they can buy it. But they're they're no. missing what Nintendo's aim is. Exactly. No, I I agree. I I agree completely with what you're saying. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I was gonna ask, uh, put a question up about the um, what you would see from the Switch too, but we can talk about that later. Um, number four. Power World devs getting unhinged threats. This comes to us from Game Rant by way of... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Everything is just loading so slow. Uh, Dalton Cooper. So, mm-hmm. yeah. there. <sighs> Power World devs has finally... Not finally. They have hit the realm of getting death threats now. Um, as I said at the start of the podcast... They have sold over 8 million units on Steam. That is just on Steam. I want to see the player numbers for Xbox Game Pass. I want to see Bro. what it would have been like if they actually released it full. It's still technically early access. It's early access. Like, <laughs> Is it going to explode like when they actually have a 1.0 release? For Xbox and maybe uh, PS5. I don't know if they're going to release PS5, but no, that's crazy. Like, I, I think I think Power World is operating off of well-placed luck and, like, mm-hmm. the fact that, like, it's the whole idea of, oh, this is Pokemon with guns, and but I mean, but, but it's so not, much though. more than that, apparently. Exactly, yeah. it, it, it is. But like, it's the fact that they were able to operate off of that tagline, and that like pulled people in. The game itself is actually good, so that was a, good enough. enough. Like, yeah, good enough. Yeah, yeah. It, it's that was enough to be like, oh, this is not just like a cash grab of a game. Like, this is actually a game to play, and like, it blew up online, and it's just like. Mm-hmm. They, they have, they've did the thing that a lot of devs dreamed of doing, and it's just like it's so crazy to see how successful they are. And then, I'll yes, like they are getting like unhinged threats and death threats because the Pokemon diehards are storming their beaches because they're what they're kind Pokemon. of neckbeard shit is that to be defending the Pokemon company and. And Nintendo, after the community has been claiming that Nintendo and the Pokemon Company and Game Freak has been shitting on them for the past umpteen years. Yes. Like, this isn't your fight. This is Nintendo's fight. They pay people for this. You don't got to do this for free. Yeah. Um, Kudos to their success because they threw all their money at this game to develop it. (laughs) However, (laughs) I wish that they didn't ape and Let's be honest, rip off a lot of the Pokemon designs. But I mean, if they changed it enough not to get sued, then I mean, it is what it is. It, it, 
Yeah. It sucks so, for whoever. I don't know who, but it it sucks for Pokemon, a million billion dollar company. And it's like, okay. Like I understand <laughs> the ramifications of um people are saying that this is it's plagiarisms. It's not plagiarism because it's not a direct copy. And I think people were like, oh, the whole copyright, whole copyright stuff. Like I've seen a bunch of stuff that was kind of like explaining like what's happening here. And yeah. like although Pokemon did say they're gonna investigate the game, so you know that's something to be worried about because Nintendo of America is a law firm and they sue. Like that's their thing that they do. So that's kind of a uh, we'll see what happens there. But like in terms of people saying like, oh, they're violating the copyright of Pokemon or whatever, like they're actually not like the when the game released, I think the <clears throat> head of the dev company said, like, we've did the legal stuff to make sure we're not like going to be. Yeah, we've, uh, we've changed you know, just enough. Exactly. Uh, and, and, uh, and I'm it, it's it's interesting because. You can have like let's say ten different shooters, and the main guy is all you know a white scruff, you know brown headed male with a scar on his mm-hmm. eye, mm-hmm. and they all look pretty generic and similar. I mean, these are these are mobs. These are monsters. They're yes, it looks very very similar to Pokemon, but after a point with art, you can only. Uh, like say with music, you can only make but so many musical notes original in a sequence before yeah. you start aping other things that have been created. Yeah. Uh, and granted, this is this is very obvious where they're getting their stuff from, but exactly, yeah. If if they have changed it enough, yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like you can when you are heavily inspired by something. Yeah, that will that will show through. And like, yes, we are saying all this, knowing that there is a video of some um, designer pulling a, a model from Scarlet Violet and pulling a model from Power Ward, just yeah. kind of like pairing them up. And it's like, oh, it's really similar. It's like, yes, it's really similar. But like, that is that is sort <laughs> of the beauty of Pokemon being a long running franchise <laughs> that has inspired millions and millions of it's artists. It's been going like, since the 90s. Like At some point, somebody's going to design something similar yeah. or quote-unquote rip off the designs. But at the same time, yeah. at least the one that I saw, he showed like a dog standing. I mean, it... Yeah. At, There's at, like 111 the of these pals in Power World. And it's just like, not all of them granted, are granted that Mew, Pokemon. That Mewtwo and that Lucario look mighty close. <laughs> they're like second cousins. <laughs> yeah, y'all ain't y'all ain't changing it up enough. But uh, you two still got some hips, man. man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but yeah, but yeah. I mean, like, and they're also the Power World devs said that there's going to be um, they plan to have updates and improvements on the game as you know, as what they as what you do because it's, it's in early access. So, it. The early access we'll tag, I think, is also the saving grace for this game, too, because, like, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's basically you're jumping on a ride. Also, the game is $30. It's not a $70 game. So uh, it's also low, a low barrier. Price. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, again, they just did everything they needed to do. And it's like, it's successful. And a lot of triple, quadruple A companies wish they had a success like this. 
for a game like this. It looks yeah. very interesting, but I hate base building and survival games. Yeah. Like open world yeah. creation games. So it's like, eh. Yeah. Like I can I can play them, but I can only play them for I don't yeah. know. Maybe like a couple of days and then it's like, all right, I this is the thing that I do here and I'm kind of over it. So Yeah, I've seen all I need to see. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, well, before we jump into the whole Microsoft laying off 1,900 people, um, Ugh. hey, yeah, right. I don't, I don't know how to turn that into a positive, but um, subscribe, yeah, hit the like button, hit the notification bell. Can't see us, our awkward faces as we're trying to make a positive here. That we're about to talk about something real negative. Um, leave us a review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Whatever podcast service you're using, go ahead and leave us a review. Thank you. Oh, and also we have a Discord. If you want to jump in our Discord, you can by going to pressx from twostar.com slash Discord. It's cool. Yeah, there. We have yeah. a lot of laughs in there. We do. A lot of laughs. <laughs> All right. Now to stop the laughing, uh, number five, Microsoft lays off 1,900 staff from its video game workforce. This comes to us from IGN. By way of, oh, wait a minute, Wesley Inkle. All right. So Microsoft is cutting 1,900 staff from its video game workforce, sources have told IGN. In a message to staff viewed by IGN, Xbox boss Phil Spencer said Microsoft will provide full support to those who are impacted during the transition, including severance benefits informed mm. by local employment, office, lo- local employment laws. I, he says laws because this is going to be like multi-state. Like this is going to be all over yeah. the U.S. Maybe globally. I'm not sure. Um, so layoffs comes following the 69 billion dollar acquisition of Call of Duty owners Activision Blizzard and the exit of its controversial former bo- boss uh, Bobby Kotick. So along with these layoffs, um, we hey man, did I miss something? No. Along with these layoffs, um, Blizzard Entertainment President Mike Yabara announces he's leaving the company as well. Yabara is a former Xbox executive. He joined Blizzard in uh, 2019. <laughs> and then, as well, Frick, I le- Blizzard... I left y'all for a reason. I'm not going <laughs> <Right? to go. laughs> uh, Blizzard's chief design officer and co-founder, Alan Adham... Adham? is also leaving sure. the developer behind. Uh, he worked on World of Warcraft, Diablo, and Overwatch. Mm-hmm. So with all this news, we actually got um, some information about a survival game Blizzard was working on, but canceled. But um, before we get to that, yeah, like this is just a mess. Like It, it continues a trend of these giant companies just laying off people to well, get their bottom line right. With this one, at least some of the layoffs make sense. Like Jordan said, even though he's not here, I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat what he said. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of it's gonna be redundancy. You don't need two back offices doing the same thing. Um, I agree. You may need a, a, a an increase uh, to handle the amount of employees that the back office is gonna be administrating, but. 
there's going to be a lot of redundancy. It sucks that they're going to be laying off this many people. And like they said, companies are continuing to de- deliver huge profits year over year. But yeah, no, like uh, I, I totally agree about the whole redundancy thing because like Activision Blizzard is a publisher. Like mm-hmm. you don't like Xbox doesn't need another publisher. They're, they're the publisher. So all those people who was doing the work of publishing they are not going to have yeah a, yeah they're not going to have a place in the Microsoft ecosystem because Microsoft <clears> got <throat> that covered already so like that sucks and like that's a giant arm and that's probably a good portion of the 1900 people um on top of that uh this is another report from Dexerto. Xbox games may not get physical releases after Microsoft's latest reported layoffs. So this is talking about the same layoffs. And basically, the it seems that a part of this layoffs, um, the where is it? Where is it? Where is it? The Xbox publishing arm is mm-hmm. just being let go, removed. Again, this is a rumor. This might actually not be the case, but as it is right now, this is what we're reporting on. Um and this kind of makes sense in the era of Microsoft doubling down, tripling down on Game Pass, everything going through Game Pass as best as they can. Game Pass being the main driver of profit for for Microsoft. It doesn't make sense for them to have a physical wing. I say that at the same time, knowing that like physical games are still very important for middle of America, very important for people globally who don't have great internet connections. And it's just like, or just for ownership or ownership. Oh yeah. Or like game preservation. Like you're absolutely right about that. And it's like Mm -hmm. this, this really, really sucks for the consumer. If this, if this is actually the case and if like they are like just kind of down with or over the whole physical game thing. Um, unfortunately, when you, you could look at this and you can see that one of their biggest games that's going to be releasing this year is digital only in Hellblade two. So, Oh no. Sorry, uh, Marcus. No, no, just not my mic over. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no. Um, so yeah, like it it really it sucks. It sucks. So I get why they're doing this. I'm looking at a headline that says in 2022, 94% of all gaming sales were digital and consoles had 72% digital sales. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh they're trying to control distribution entirely, but it just sucks for those who like want to catch a thing on sale or maybe loan out their games to their friends or yeah i don't don't know yeah and then uh we didn't talk about it here but um there was also some there was also news that the uk game retailer game is the name of their store they're no longer doing um trade-ins so that could be a thing that we see start happening over here. We already know that, like, I think Best Buy is removing their physical games or physical movies. So it's like we're seeing a trend of physical discs stuff going by the wayside. And there's also another story of I think it's Best Buy. Some 
some oh, retailer. Oh, yeah, they got rid of all their physical media. They're yeah, getting yeah. rid of and, all their physical media. And they, they basically was dumping Starfield discs and destroying them because they don't, they're not selling or they don't need them anymore, or whatever the case is. But yeah, we're people definitely like seeing a trend. People are going to be crying for physical games again once these ISPs start enforcing uh, basically download caps, like data caps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the games aren't getting any smaller. Look, nope. I'm looking at you, uh, Call of Duty. And right now, like with mobile, you have a phone, you're going to have a data plan. And most data plans yeah. are quote unquote unlimited. They just slow you down after a certain period of time. Most yeah. ISPs, most home internet service providers do have a data cap. Most people just don't hit the wall they don't use enough data to use it but with everything you know everybody trying to be a streaming service now because most people are cutting cable if you're getting your games there too this is good this, this just ain't good and and, it, yeah. and the internet is not considered a what title something utility whatever utility i'm getting yeah. into the weeds yeah. here yeah i'm getting into the weeds yeah. here. now i was just about to say that like this is we're we're brushing up into a point where there's going to be a conversation of the internet being a utility and being something that is kind of bundled in with everything versus us having to pay for it separately. And it's like, we're getting there close. People forget all about those net neutrality protests uh, years back. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> it'll come oh, back. Geez. Mark my words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, another thing to go along with this in terms of the numbers. So this is a tweet that came from Matt Pispatella who uh, works for MPD, a la Circana report. Um, in the U.S., in 2023, physical spending on software for Nintendo platforms accounted for more than 50%. For Xbox, it was less than 10%, and for PlayStation, it was around 40%. So what that means is that for Xbox specifically, physical releases wasn't the wasn't the the marker of like a game selling for them because they were so focused on game pass that like and if you remember the series s accounted for the majority of sales mm. versus the series x i think it was like 60 close to 70 percent of series s's sold versus the series x so that number makes sense yeah good point good point so yeah so like we see this happening for Xbox. Don't think that this is going to be a thing that's going to happen for Nintendo and PlayStation because they are they are not their success plan is not the same as Xbox success plan. And like we're seeing that. Yeah, Nintendo isn't all in on the internet and digital and all that shit yet. So they still want a physical control because they can still uh, charge since I don't know if the Switch 2 games are going to come on, but I know they can charge an arm and a leg for like their physical uh, cartridges, depending on like yep. the the capacity of the RAM, you know, storage, whatever is yep. on there. Like, for as big as Nintendo is with games and making games, Nintendo is a toy company at heart. So yeah. they will operate off of nostalgia. Nostalgia is very lucrative for them and when they can be like oh here is this 90 dollar like collector edition for 
Zelda, Breath of the Wild yeah. in like two years. Like they're gonna do that, and it's yeah, gonna sell. Um, so just to jump back because we didn't really talk about it, but um, the whole survival game. It's kind of weird to talk about because it's a game that's not going to happen, but um, it was a survival game that actually, no, there's there's a really important part. There's a reason why I brought this up. Um, the, the, the survival game was going to be developed on Unreal, but the execs at Blizzard said, essentially, that will cost too much money, so let us use our in our in-studio engine, which was a mobile engine, and mm. that engine, yeah, and like this is supposed to be a open-world survival game that's supposed to have that was supposed to have like a hundred people in the map concurrently. So of course it's a mobile engine, and it wasn't able to keep up with the technology, so they ended up canceling it because it wasn't they couldn't get it like in a workable solution and. It's it's one of those things where it's just like, hey, spend money to make money. I guess, but it's just like Unreal is being used by, and and this is something that I have said, like I think at this point, maybe a year ago, two years ago, just use Unreal. Just use Unreal. It is literally being supported by everybody. Everyone uses it. Like Epic made a fantastic game engine. Yes, it has its issues, but at the end of the day, you can email someone to Epic and they will take care of your problem and you can work on something else versus you having to spend the dev hours, the research hours, the prototyping hours of trying to fix. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, don't do that. Just don't do that. Like, there's a ton of games that are working off of Unreal and they all look, uh, most of them look amazing. I think Powerwall is built off of Unreal. Like, just use the engine, guys. Anyways. I mean, they have other engines. I don't know why they would use a mobile. Oh, crazy! Whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. we'll not, we'll never know what it looked like. We weren't. We weren't exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, to to go along with this whole um physical thing, Xbox maybe getting rid of their physical arm. Number six, Apple opens App Store to game streaming services. This comes from The Verge. Um. This is the title kind of oh, this is uh brought to us by way of give me a second. Andrew Webster. Um, so yeah, like the title kind of says it all. Like, uh, if you remember a couple of years ago, there was a lawsuit between Apple versus Epic about the Fortnite's uh Fortnite app being on Apple, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. This is the result of that where Apple pretty much lost that. So now they have to open up the app store to game streaming services. So, for example, X, X Cloud is going to be on Apple. Uh, GeForce Now will be on Apple. And they will no longer be restricted to be used as web apps. So you can literally download the app from the Apple store and access X Cloud. I think this is fantastic <laughs> because this kind of gives me a way of getting Game Pass for my phone. Um, the let's see, let's see, let's see. There is there anything? Uh, so okay, Apple said that. Okay, so this is this is sort of a um part of this announcement. Apple said that each experience made available in an app 
on the App Store will be required to adhere to all App Store review guidelines, and its host app will need to maintain an age rating of the highest age-rated content included in the app. That part mm-hmm. is very like interesting in that Game Pass or Xbox Game X Cloud or whatever. That's going to have a problem because if there's any game in Game Pass that is rated what M A like adults only or no M or whatever. No, there are no games published that are adults only just because no stores will carry that. So okay, uh, I think well, I, I mean, think thrill. Yeah, yeah. Well, like my my thing is like whatever the whatever the highest age like. So I guess under A O, I guess it'd be M right or M M O or whatever M. Yeah. So like rated M. Yeah. That app is going to be rated M, even though there's a bunch of child games bunch of e for everyone games like bunch of whatever that doesn't matter like that's going to be i think that's going to be a that's that's a way of apple saying like yeah okay we lost this we have to do this but like you have to you have to like follow our rules now or whatever yeah there there are no Again. games that have really been announced released yeah. under adults only other than like thrill kill back in the day with playstation one and um manhunt Oh, okay, okay. Which they changed to be M. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Okay. So as pretty much the uh, that's pretty much the highlight there. Um, to go along with this, Epic intends to launch its game store and Fortnite on iOS to, you know, correct the issue that that Apple started a, years ago at this point. I mean, again, that's cool. The Epic Game Store is it's a game store. It's not really doing too hot right now because that's not their that's not Epic's MO. Like Epic makes games. So I mean, you know. if they're gonna release games and have exclusivity on their app store, then I'm sure they'll be able to capitalize on that and make money. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm I'm really actually excited for this news because I've been because like, I, I have the new iPhone that apparently I could play Resident Evil, but it's la di da. <laughs> but as you know, guys, I don't play horror games, so it's like, what am I doing here? What am I doing with this? I can't even play Gundam. If I can play Gundam on this, hey man, I'll do that. Gundam natively, not not remote play. I played Gundam remote play on my thing. And it's... <sighs> Number seven, <laughs> I have I have nicknamed this. China's effect on the industry. So, um, we will. Before I talk about the story, there was a, a couple weeks ago. Um, China came out with the new guidelines for uh, excessive gaming on excessive gaming online. They were going to crack down on how stuff works. So this had a ripple effect. Uh, the ripple effect, including Tencent, which is a Chinese-run uh, company who has heavily invested into the game industry. Uh, they lost a lot of money in stocks after this whole thing came out. So the ripple effect from that is I think this, although in this article they're saying that this is not to appease shareholders, but yeah. Tencent League of Legends developer Riot Games announces laying off 530 people. This comes to us by way of NBC News. Uh, there is no specific author here because they say the Associated Press. Sure. Um, so, yeah, 
Riot Games, the developer of the popular League of Legends multiplayer battle game, is joining other tech companies that are having to trim their payrolls with a layoff of 11% of its staff. That's 530 people. Um, uh, A note to consumers said, this isn't to appeal shareholders or to hit a quarterly earnings. It's a necessity. It's a necessity because you're losing, you're going to lose a lot of money by keeping these people on. I mean... I don't know. I guess it makes sense. At, at the very least, it says that they'll pay them at at minimum six months of salary, cash bonuses, and other benefits. But yeah, sometimes and you gotta trim the fat to keep going. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where oh, I don't think it's included here, but um, if you are aware, Riot Games is making a fighting game that's supposed to be released this year. Apparently, that fighting game will still come out and those devs i believe are safe for the time being so that's good Mm. um this is just something that we see all the time well we've seen all the time recently after 2020 and the whole COVID thing and a lot of businesses grew tencent themselves saw that the industry was a money maker and they started investing into a lot of places um and there being a Chinese-owned company, China with their thing kind of set them back a lot um, yeah. to, to go along with this. China appears to U-turn on obsessive gaming crackdown. This comes from BBC News. So, China, I'm just going to read this. Uh, the National Press and Publication Administration, NPPA, had proposed regulations limiting the amount of money and time people spent playing video games. However, on Tuesday, the draft rules were no longer on the MPP web- MPPA website. China is the world's biggest online gaming market, but the industry has had frequent, frequent run-ins with the authorities. The new rules would have limited in-game purchases. Incentives such as daily login rewards for gamers would have also come under fire. While the introduction of a pop-up warning players of irrational behavior was proposed, sharing prices of Chinese gaming firms, including the world's biggest gaming company, Tencent Holdings, and its rival NetEase, jumped after the apparent U-turn. So, uh, they had plummeted after the rules were first proposed in December, wiping nearly $80 billion off the value of the two companies. Yeah. So, essentially, yeah, what this money, is saying is that real. <laughs> like, yo, to lose eight billion dollars in one night is just insane. Did you say eight or eighty? I'm sorry, eighty. Eighty billion dollars is yeah. insane. <laughs> insane. So, what this is saying is that, like, um, China had dropped these new things. Be- I mean, really and truly, like. It was good. Like the the whole regulation thing was good. It was good for consumers because it was essential. I think I forget what game it was, but the I think we actually talked about this. But the game didn't report changing the 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 um percentage of loot boxes or whatever. Oh, um... yeah, yeah. And they didn't. They they basically kept that hidden for like years. Like I think at least Maple two years story. or something. Maple stores. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and it's just like there are a bunch of studios that are kind of operating that way and they're kind of being shady with their stuff and they're operating on the whole loot box system, which is akin to gambling, which is gambling. And it's like, it's it's good that we put limited stuff on this. It's good that they change the daily logins incentives because that stuff keeps you into the system. Like Genshin Impact, they were going to change their stuff because they also keep you in the system. The game, the Gundam game that I play, it's a daily thing that keeps me in the system. And it's like... And yet you still games, go back for that daily hit of crack. Hey, man. Hey, man. At this point, I can't break away from it. It's too late. It's too late, man. Don't can't stop the music. <laughs> but um, it is a thing of just like... Is there a way of having those regulations kind of stay, but like not have Tencent lose all this money? Like... It's one of those things just like, all right, man, I guess. All right, fine. I guess nothing will change. Whatever. Yeah. But yes, um, <laughs> this is what happened. And it to me, the way I read this, I could be wrong. I read this as the Riot Games, because Tencent owns Riot Games. Riot Games is making money, yes, but Tencent is ultimately the like the father, I guess, the, the head yeah. of the household. Or whatever. I, that sounds real old by saying father. Anyway, the parent, the head parent of the household, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like, you know, if they're losing a lot of money and they're writing the checks for Riot Games, then that money has to come back somewhere. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, all the, at the end of the day, this sucks that 530 people are losing their jobs literally in one week. We get we got about what two thousand four hundred and thirty people lost mm-hmm. their jobs. It could be more that we just don't know because they haven't reported on it. it. It just sucks. It just sucks. Like I believe this year, in terms of layoffs, we are, I think, I think halfway. We're 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 almost we're halfway to match the amount of layoffs that happened last year. And it's like, it's insane. And we're only so, yeah. in January. Exactly. All right. Well, that has been the gaming news. Uh, we hit uh, we, we hit a rough patch with the negative news, but we're going to we're going to try to bring it back up. With what we've been playing. Sean, what have you been playing? Like a dragon, infinite wealth. So because of aforementioned baby, mm-hmm. what should take me a. Uh, 30 minutes to do in the game has taken me about four or five hours. So I haven't gotten very far in this game yet due to me having to frequently pause the game or my wife saying, I want to watch a movie. So, um, but, but what I have played so far, um, this is like the last game, like a dragon, we'll call it seven, um, just expanded upon. So, there's like a new there's a new live positioning component while you're fighting. So it's still turn based, but you can position yourself to do damage in different ways. Like uh you can knock the enemies into a wall intentionally now, or you can knock them into each other, or you can knock them into your ally and get, you know, ally damage on the person. Um I haven't seen all that it has to offer yet, of course. Like I said, I haven't gotten to Hawaii. I'm still on the first island. So yeah. 
this is more more like a dragon slash yakuza and you either like it or you don't it's turn based mm-hmm. uh as one of our listeners slash my cousin said he doesn't like turn based games but <clears throat> uh what did he say he played he said he played some i don't know he i was actually talking to him about yesterday because we were playing call of duty and because he said like, oh he plays sims I'm like how you play this when you don't play turn turn-based games although they're different but it's it's still like you know, kind of the same at least in my mind so, um uh, he was he was he was referring to some japanese game as to not as some like anime right. game that was turn-based right. as to like why he doesn't uh, i think like, it was like oh. a I think he said it was One Piece Odyssey, maybe. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But exactly. if you haven't played many turn-based games, then, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that was a game to start with. However, exactly. this does have an auto-battler, you know, mode to where you can kind of set the tone of how you want them to play. So they'll play more conservative, more aggressive. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they'll use more magic. They'll do whatever. Uh, they'll be more adaptable. So you don't necessarily have to sit there and do the turn-based stuff. You can just set up, you know, set up your gear and let them have at it if you just want to watch the story. But right. I mean, this this game got a 90 on Metacritic and Open Critic for a reason, so mhm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like I am so if, because technique I, I was going to say let me interject. Okay. If you have Game Pass, I think all of them are still available to play on Game Pass, so if you're not sure about the turn-based stuff, Like a Dragon 7 is still on Game Pass and it might be on PlayStation Plus? I don't know. If you're curious about the turn-based stuff... I think so, Like a Dragon yeah. has gone off of PlayStation Plus at this point. I think it's gone. I, I think mm. there was a story about it like catch it before it goes away. I, I, I think it, yeah, I remember uh, Xbox posted, posting yeah. that, hey, we still got all of them. Uh, yeah. See. So yeah, um, Like a Dragon is going to be my February game because I believe I don't have anything for February other than Final Fantasy, and that's at the end of February. So, and that's yeah. going to probably take me the whole month to to play and beat. But um, right now I got Tekken Eight because I was like, it's a fighting game. Let me get the fighting game first, and like you know, play that, digest that, and jump to Like a Dragon. Boy, um. Tekken 8 is a is a real good fighting game. Um it, hey, I'm DJ. If you don't know me, I I grew up on Tekken. Like Tekken is like my fighting game of choice. So I'm a little biased when it comes to that, but I also like to think that I'm mm-hmm. able to make uh, criticisms. Um so last year we had Street Fighter 6 and Mortal Kombat 1. I didn't play Mortal Kombat 1. I played Street Fighter 6. I thought Street Fighter 6 was a great fighting game um my i like the open world story or whatever i felt like the weak elements was the like the arcade story i guess mm-hmm. like the the story that you would play outside of the open world thing with your own creative character and i think when i look at mortal kombat 1 their highlight was the actual story. Although I didn't play it, a lot of stuff I heard was like the game still still feels stiff because it's just the Mortal Kombat like engine and so on and so forth. And there was a lot of 
characters that were very overpowered and so on and so forth. So there was there was there was criticisms that was thrown at Mortal Kombat 1 that was kind of like, oh, that mm, that doesn't feel great. Playing Tekken 8, this game so far is amazing from start to finish. The story mode that they have you play is right, did you pretty beat it already? much I mean story mode, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I not mean, it's not a long story game. mode. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I beat the story mode in it could have been two nights, but I was like, no, 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 I gotta, I gotta, I gotta finish it. I think it was like four, 15 chapters, 14, 15 chapters. Mm-hmm. So, and there was a couple of points where I was just like, I, I was hitting my head against the wall trying to beat these uh, people or whatever. But the story mode, the things they pull off in the story mode is so amazing. I'm, I don't want to. I guess at this point, like, you know, if you've seen Tekken, you're following Tekken, you already seen what's happening. I don't necessarily want to spoil stuff. Um, not right now. I won't spoil anything right now. Um, there is there is a couple of callbacks in the story mode in terms of things you're doing that is so cool. Like <clears throat> there was a ton of pops for me. Uh, I don't play Jin. You you start or you you basically play as Jin for a majority of the story. So mm-hmm. it was actually interesting because it was almost like I was playing as a new person would play Tekken, not knowing this character all too well. Like I know some of Jin's stuff, but not like fluently. Yeah. So it was a lot of like kind of learning and just fighting and just learning combos and so on and so forth. I the way I want to talk about it is 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 spoiling stuff. Like I I did post a big spoiler for the end on our um YouTube channel. Um I don't even want to say I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say okay. Yeah, that game is great. Like the 90 that it got, it's it's well deserved. I played some of the arcade mode. Arcade mode's great. Um my I also I haven't I haven't started the arcade quest, which mm-hmm. is sort of aping the whole create a character structure from Street Fighter, but you're not you're not going on the open world doing stuff like you're just in a room of arcade cabinets and you're just playing against people. There's a little bit of a story and the idea is to like essentially compete at like an evil like event, which is really cool. Um yeah, my my criticisms for the game so far is Customization, I think customization is cool. There is, I'm hoping that, I, I've, it's been a long time since I've played Tekken, but I've, I'm hoping that there is ways to get more items for your characters. Because right now, there's a good number of items, but it's all, it feels like it's all shared along the 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 male and female body types. And it's just like, oh, well, hmm, that's not, it's customization, but it's not great customization. Um, yeah. in terms of story mode, I, I like the fact that they like, Hey, you're going to play as Jin. So at least by the time you're finished, just, you're going to know how to play one character. That's cool. Mm. There is, there's parts where they kind of let you pick between characters. And I think that part is cool, but it also felt like a way of, um, a way of 
saying like, all right, well, we've let you play with this character for such a long time. And what if you don't like playing as Jin? All right, well, we're going to give you these other characters to like kind of, I guess, test out and see if you like these characters. And I think it's a cool idea, but I wish it was implemented a little differently. But it definitely does fit the whole like this is a tournament thing. So you're kind of picking the character you want to play during the tournament, which is cool. Um, man, and then like Kazuya, like this this game is properly Dragon Ball Z, like in the yeah. best ways, like in the best ways. Oh my gosh. Anyways, that's Tekken 8. Um, if you haven't played it, you're interested and try it. There's a demo for it, so you can jump in the demo, play some characters, see if you like the game. Um, oh, one thing that bothered me, and I still haven't f- found a fix for it. The way I play Tekken, I have my four trigger buttons matched to different buttons or whatever. Uh, and the new Tekken, much like <laughs> much like the new Street Fighter, there is like a rage system. Well, there was a rage system in Tekken 7, but this is a little different in here. There's a rage system and like another button. And I have two buttons that I can't map to anything or I have to sacrifice two of my like shoulder buttons. I, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I'm, it wrecked me. But yeah. Um, the last thing is Baldur Gate 3. I am trying to beat that game. I wanted to beat that game before um, I get like a dragon because I feel like I can only do one like RPG at a time. And so. yeah, I, I'm I'm at the like tail end of Baldur's Gate 3 and it just keeps getting better. And it's just keep throwing like more interesting and more interesting stuff. Like last night I was playing, it was like two o'clock in the morning and I'm like, all right. I got to put this down. Like, I, I got to go to bed. And then, like, I did something, ended up talking to this god-like dude. Mm. But, like, he, he was... He wasn't Satan. He wasn't a devil, because there's devils in the game. He was just some dude, and, like, he, he, was, he, was, he was summoned back from the dead, and he was tied to this body, and he's, like, head of this, like, murder cult. And... I failed a, a check. I try to deceive him because I try to get information out of him so I can kill essentially his granddaughter. Sure. Turns out that I, I, hey man, she had it coming, right? She's a shapeshifter and she's been messing me up the entire time I've been in this stupid city. I hate her. She needs to die. Uh, and she also took one of my characters. Like, you can't do that. Like, come on now. We're not, no. So I, I tried to deceive him. I failed to deceive the deception check. I had to fight him. This man has like 230 HP. And I was like, ain't no way I'm going to be able to take this man down. I killed him, took his stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm a God killer now. All right. And then I had to turn the game off. So I have to go back and like figure out what he gave me. And all, all right. Yeah. Kratos Jr. <laughs> it's how I live my life. <laughs> all right. But yeah, that's it. Um, we're going to talk about more games next week, of course. Um, yeah, that, I think we've I think we've done it. We've we've. We've, uh, anyways, this has been another episode of Press X Star Gamers Digest. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and the notification bell. Don't forget to leave us a review if you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast services you are currently tuned in on. Don't forget to enjoy. Your Sunday, your Monday, 
whatever day you're listening to us on, just make sure that day is a good day because you're listening to us. So it has to be a good day. No other options. All right. That's it. You take care. Be safe. Peace.